Good morning. For our scripture reading this morning, we are in Philippians, book of Philippians, chapter number 2. We'll begin in verse 5 and read down through verse 11. Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5. The Bible says, Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross." Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray. Our Lord, Heavenly Father, what, a, what an amazing passage of Scripture this is. Lord, that your, your only son would humble himself to come to this earth. Not, not for any recognition of his own, but for us. He humbled himself for us. And Lord, we just thank you so much for that, that he came to this earth as a humble servant of God the Father. To, to come for really one purpose, and that was to shed his blood and die on a cross for our sins, to make payment for those sins. Lord, we thank you so much for the humility of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. Lord, I just pray this morning that you would just speak to our hearts in a, in a fresh way this morning. Lord, I just pray that you'd be with Brother Moore as he preaches to us. Fill him with your Holy Spirit and use him in a mighty way. Give him the words to say. And I just pray that the the seed of your word would fall fresh upon the, the soil of our hearts. Lord, we need you and just ask that you'd, you'd work mightily today. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. I want us to think just for a moment. I'll title this message, Christmas, It's All About... And if we could leave a blank after that, maybe you fill in the blank. Think about Christmas season and what it has become. And really, you know, for many people, for Christmas, it's all about family. I love Christmas for that reason, for, for our family getting together. Although really, for my wife and I, if that's the primary reason for Christmas, our Christmas is over. Uh, you know, having four daughters and, and uh, they marrying those ugly son-in-laws and... <laughs> You know, and them taking them away, you know. Uh, they do allow us to have every other Christmas. And uh, so they'll all come in. And uh, so the Christmas that we don't get Christmas, we do it at Thanksgiving. And so last week we got all uh, Thanksgiving week, we got together. And so praise God, the expense of it really for my wife and I, it's over with. You know, I'm glad to have that part of it behind, but you know, we had such a good time. Gail's mother, uh, she's suffering with Alzheimer's, so we all met, 
And as often as, as every Thanksgiving, since Gail and I have been married, we've had Thanksgiving at her house. And of course, Gail and I, we, we own the, the, my mother-in-law's house now, and, and my mother-in-law is in the nursing home uh, for her care, because we, she got beyond our ability to care for her. But we went and got her, brought her to her house, for Thanksgiving, and her mind, she was at herself, she knew everybody, and oh, I'm telling you, we had such a wonderful, wonderful day, an enjoyable day. She knew all the grandchildren, and laughed, and talked with them, and, and uh, sat in there, and watched Gail and Jan, her Gail's sister, make uh, the dressing, and uh, put the food all together. It was a wonderful time. I'll tell you, Christmas is enjoyable when you got all your family together, isn't it? wonderful. But really and truly, that's not what Christmas really is all about. And you know, for some, it's all the decorations and the festivities of Christmas, and I like that part of it. I sure do. Uh, we, we, my wife, she enjoys, although this year, you know, it was a little different, uh, and, and being really not at our house, uh, we, she hasn't done decorating this year, but she normally does. My our house, she'll, she'll make it look like a magazine. And uh, she and she, her favorite, really, decorations is all white. She likes white. Our house, in fact, one of my son-in-laws, those mean son-in-laws. You know, uh, those ugly son-in-laws. Uh, our house that we, we, uh, we built, when our girls were still teenagers, and, and I was able to build a good-sized house, and each one of them had their own bedroom. So that's been come in handy, you know, for all of them coming back. Their family gets their bedroom now. It's crowded, that's for sure. You know, we've got grandkids wall to wall. But uh, my one particular room was just really white, and my wife decorated it with the wedding dress, you know, her wedding dress and all this white paraphernalia. That's the room. That's the decoration for that room. My son-in-law, my ugly son-in-law, you know, that, that, that was their room. That room. Uh, he, we were talking when they all got up. He said, well, I woke up. He said, I was in the hospital room. You know, it was all white, you know. And to him, hurt my wife's feelings, I tell you. But, you know, uh, she likes to decorate. My wife, she just enjoys all of that and fixing up for Christmas, every part about it. And that's wonderful. We enjoy that, don't we? decorating the tree. I never know what the tree's going to look like. It's different every year. And uh, she's got it, you know, she looks and decides on the particular style, but she fixes that up, and I love it. I love going through a town, you know, that's been decorated for Christmas. One of my earliest memories when we would travel as a boy, uh, we would uh, go home for Christmas, which was South Carolina then, and uh, traveling and seeing all the Christmas lights and the decorations, I've always enjoyed that. But really, the decorations, that's not what Christmas is really, really all about. And some, it may be the shopping and the presents and getting all of that. And for some, you know, it's all the sports and things like that. And some, it may be just Santa Claus. I mean, that's what Christmas is all about, but not really, is it? Not for you, not for me. It should not be anyway. Let's look for a few moments, think for a few moments, what is Christmas? What is it all about? I want to say, first of all, according to this passage of Scripture, Christmas, Christmas for Jesus. As for Jesus, Christmas 
is all about you. Think about it. For Jesus, Christmas was all about you and all about me. Who was Jesus? Who really it was He? Well, as we studied in our Sunday school hour, He is God. He is as much God as the Father, as much as the Holy Ghost. These three, as we look this morning, these three uh, are in the, in the fullness, they are God. And Jesus, being the Son of God, Colossians 2.9 says, For in Him uh, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily in the person of Jesus Christ. All of God indwells Him. We did a word study this morning in the Sunday school hour from Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. We took the word God in the beginning God. We saw that it was a plural word for God. In the Hebrew, it's Elohim, which means in its plurality at least three. The Hebrew has a dual word, meaning two. But if it's plural, more than two, or more than three, three or more, it's always that plural suffix. And for God, it's Ahim, which is Elohim, which is the plural, meaning at least in person, Three or more. The singular word for God would be L, meaning in singular, in, in number, one. L. But that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God, and we, we studied this morning when God said he wanted a likeness, he made, made man in his likeness, or he said, in our likeness, using the plurality there, and he made male and female and said, multiply, replenish the earth. We looked how the family is a likeness to the family of God, the Father, the Holy Ghost, and the Son. These three are one, as a family ought to be. Father, mother, children, and make up the family. But then he put that likeness in the person. Uh, God form the Lord God, form man of the dust of the ground, body, after the likeness of Jesus, the physical manifestation of God. Breathe in his nostrils the breath of life, that spirit, after the likeness of the Holy Spirit. And man became a living soul, that word soul means life. Life comes from the Father, has the likeness of the Father. So God put that likeness within you. Your body after the likeness of Jesus. Your spirit after the likeness of the Holy Spirit. And your soul after the likeness of the Father. And these three are in you. Make up who you are. Now according to Colossians 2.9 it says, All the fullness of God dwelt in the person of Christ. In fact, he had, in fact using the words of Jesus, you know in John 1.14, and the Word became flesh. He became a body. Jesus said these words of there upon the cross, His last words, Father, into Thy hands I commend my 
spirit. And he gave up the ghost. There in the garden, Jesus prayed, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. In the person of Jesus was the fullness of God. The Father, the Spirit, and the bodily manifestation of God. All in the person of Jesus. Now, in actuality, you, Adam, was made in the likeness of Jesus. With the body, the spirit, and the soul. And that fullness. Jesus was God. And think about it now. As the Lord Jesus Christ, we're thinking about Christmas. He made Christmas all about you and me. Why? Because He came. He came, Jesus came to you. This Christmas season, the reason we have it and the reason we celebrate it was because the coming of Christ to this earth, fulfilling the promise that He gave to fallen man that he would send a Savior to redeem him and to restore the likeness that he lost when he sinned against God. That promise was given. For Jesus to do that, he think about it, he left heaven in all of its glory. He left the Father. But now, think about it. This doesn't seem, it, 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 it really is beyond my comprehension. Jesus left the deity. I always thought, you know, and I've, I've said it, I'm sure, Jesus has always been God. And He always will be. Yes, He always, He was God. He is God. And will always be God. But there was a time when He ceased to be God. And I can prove it from Scripture. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning, God, that's Elohim. That plural reference to God. In the beginning, God, the Trinity, the, the Godhead. Do you realize every reference to Almighty God when it says God is a reference, it uses that Hebrew word Elohim except in one place that I found in Scripture. I began to meditate on that and I thought, I wonder. So I looked up. When Jesus was upon the cross, He quoted. He quoted a verse of Scripture from the Old Testament. He quoted Psalm uh, 22 and verse 1, remember what Jesus said upon the cross? He said, My God, My God, why hast Thou forsaken Me? I looked it up. Psalm 22 and verse 1, if you read it in the Hebrew, it would say, El, El, not Elohim, Elohim, but singular. What is He saying? Do you realize for you and for me, what Christmas is all about, Jesus left. 
He forsook. He became as 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. For he became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made a, a, a righteousness, the righteousness of God in him. Back in our text that we read a moment ago in Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 5, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the likeness of men, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, making himself of no reputation. He ceased there upon the cross. He ceased. He gave up his very divine nature and became sin, became accursed. The wrath of the Father, the wrath of God was poured out upon him because he did that for you. He did that for me. That's what Christmas is really all about. The Lord Jesus, he came to us. Think about in him coming, what he left, but how he came. He came to this old sinful world. He came to you, to me. I, uh, I read um, about a story about a, a, a man who had lost his little dog. And uh, he, he, his dog was gone a day or two and, and he kept hunting and searching for the dog. And there was an abandoned house in that neighborhood. And, and he was searching near that abandoned house and he could hear a faint, as he cried, the hollered for the dog, he heard a faint bark. And he found in that backyard the lid was off of a septic tank. And that dog, that little dog, had fallen down into the septic tank. And that man lowered himself down into that cesspool, down into that septic tank, and lifted out the dog that could not lift itself, and set it free. Do you realize what the Lord Jesus Christ did for you and for me? It was more so than what that man did for the little dog. It wasn't merely that he came to where we were and came to this cesspool of our iniquity. He became, if it would be, the man becoming the little dog in the cesspool. That's what Jesus Christ did. He became our sin for us. What is Christmas all about? Oh, for Jesus, it was all about you. It was all for me that He left His Father, that He became godless. He became godless. Crying the sinner's prayer from the cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He became our sin. He took our sorrows. Isaiah 53, 3. 
He is despised and rejected of men, a, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from Him. He was despised and we esteemed Him not. Surely hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon Him and by His stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us, of us all. He took our sorrows. That literally means our calamities. I mean, all the tragedies of, of sin that, that has been in our life. He took it upon himself, acquainted with our grief. He took our death. As God had promised Adam and the wages of sin is death, He says, the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Jesus must die. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. 1 John 2, 2, and He is the propitiation for our sins. And not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. He took our place. He satisfied the holiness and righteousness of God for me, for you. What is Christmas all about? For Jesus, it's all about you because he died for you. And being found in passion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. I believe Jesus suffered what I would have for eternity in hell. Jesus, the eternal Son of God. And since Jesus, the eternal Son of God, since He died, then for eternity, sin was paid for. On your behalf, my behalf. What's Christmas all about for Jesus? It was all about you. It was all about me. But the wonderful thing about it, Jesus gave the promise as He told the disciples, I must go away. They were so troubled. They said, oh no, you cannot go away. You must not leave. You must not die. He told them. He said, I must go. They said, well, where are you going? He says, where I go now. He said, you cannot come. I believe one of the most, really a misunderstood passage of Scripture in the Bible is John chapter 14. Most refer to John chapter 14 as the promise of the second coming but no, John chapter 14, verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. You see, their hearts were troubled. What were their hearts troubled about? Him going away. Where was he going? He was going to the cross. See, it was there he prepared us a place in heaven. He wasn't going to heaven to build us a mansion, as some often say. Oh, he's been there 2,000 years building us a mansion. No, he says, in my Father's house are many mansions. But he said, I've got to go away and prepare you a place. How did he do that? He went to the cross. He paid. He suffered. He paid for my hell. But thank God, what he said to the disciples is true for you, true for me. He says, where I go, ye cannot come. In other words, I can't go to hell. You cannot go to hell. Not if you have accepted his payment for sin that he paid for us and suffering our hell in our place. 
The Lord Jesus says, but don't be troubled. I will come again. And I will receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. When, did, when was that fulfilled? I don't believe that's future. I believe that's past. It was fulfilled when Jesus arose from the grave. Colossians chapter 3 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth at the right hand of the Father. You see, you and I have a place. I have a place. I'm already in heaven with Christ, you see, in the person of Christ. He received you. He received me when he arose from the grave. He ascended to the Father with you and for, with me. Our sins being paid for. Oh, think about it. He has received us. What was Christmas all about for Jesus? It was all about you. Really all about you. Now, secondly, let's think about this. As for you. As for you and as for I, for myself. We must make Christmas then all about Jesus. Really, what should Christmas be? If, if Christmas for Jesus was all about you and all about me, then what should it be for you and for me? Oh, it should be all about Jesus. Well, what should we do? Well, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robber to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon himself, took upon him the form of a servant. What should Christmas be like for you and for me? Oh, it ought to be all about the Lord Jesus. We ought to be like him. How can we make Christmas about him? Well, what did the shepherds do? In Luke chapter 2, in the reading of the... We do this as part of our Christmas every year. It's our, one of our Christmas traditions. We quote the Christmas story together as a family. And the grandkids, they learn those verses as well. And we, we interject some songs and everything and have the angels singing and we break into singing. We just have a good time. But you think about the part of the shepherds at Christmas time, at, at that season. In Luke 2 and 7, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were, as we would say, sore afraid. And lo, and the angel said unto them, Fear not! For, I, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, uh, praising God and saying, and we grow into the song, Gloria! Children really love to do that. And then we go back into our passage of Scripture again. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were going away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing 
which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And we all chuckled, said, that was a big manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. The shepherds, what did they do? They came, they worshipped him. What did the shepherds do? They went and told everybody. Though they were unlikely witnesses, you see, in a court of law, in the Roman court of law, a shepherd would, was not considered a credible witness. They could not be a witness uh, and, and, uh, or, or would be believed, but God chose them to witness, to tell the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, this Christmas, I tell you, we ought to make it all about Jesus. Uh, the world belittles him and belittles his coming and belittles his birth but not for you and for me. We, we make Christmas all about Him. We'll worship Him and we'll tell everyone of Him. And oh, we ought to give to Him. What did the wise men do when they came? Uh, it, it says there in Matthew chapter 2, and when they were come into the house, they saw uh, the young child with Mary's mother and fell, to, uh, uh, fell down and worshipped Him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto Him gifts, gold, and frankincense. And uh, someone said, uh, what did the uh, wise men say when they gave their gifts of gold and frankincense to the Lord uh, Jesus? Wait a minute, there's a mirror. Mirror. You'll get it in a minute. And so we ought to give our gifts. We ought to give gifts to the Lord Jesus. This season, if it's a giving season, think about it. On your birthday, who gets the gifts? You do, don't you? But on the Lord Jesus' birthday, the day that we celebrate as His birth, why, what do we do? We get the gifts, don't we? Oh, it ought to be a season of giving for you and for me that we ought to give something to the Lord Jesus of ourselves. Last night I spoke, if you were there at the, at the banquet, on what to give the person who has everything for Christmas. You see, God has everything, and God is so good, but the problem you and I have given to Him, we're not good. And you can't give a good gift to Him. But what does He want? He wants what we have anyway. And He can take what we are and our frailty and our weaknesses and our failures, when given to Him by His grace, He makes so much more out of it. As the little boy's lunch. Well, what are these among so many? But when put into the Lord's hand and given to him, why, he feeds the multitudes. You and I, this Christmas season, we ought to make it. We ought to make it about the Lord Jesus. We should serve him. We should be like him. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone that hath this hope purifieth himself even as his, he is pure. Every day we ought to be becoming more like him how do we become like Jesus? The, the theme there in that chapter and the previous chapters of 1 John is love and the love of Christ and the command to love 
one another and to show our love. What manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called. And in fact, in that passage of Scripture, I wrote a devotion on it this morning for our people. I write one every day. And it was on that passage of Scripture in 1 John uh, chapter number 3. It goes on to say concerning that love of Him, uh, hereby perceive we the love of God. Perceive, the perception of love. In other words, when I, when I love more, I am more like the Lord Jesus. And every day of my life, I ought to be like Him. And what is that likeness? He says, here perceive we the love of God because He laid down His life for us. Laid down His life for us. And uh, He says, we know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. And he says, hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. You see, what manner of love? The love that would be willing to give of myself, give my life to others. It doesn't mean that we all have to be martyrs, but I'm going to tell you every, every time, every, every time you take the opportunity to help somebody and to love somebody else, whether it's that underprivileged child, uh, whether it's that person that seemingly is not worthy of love, but when you do that, do you realize you're becoming more like the Lord Jesus? This Christmas, it ought to be all about Jesus. It all ought to be all about others being like Jesus. Back to our passage of Scripture in Philippians chapter Number two, he says in verse one, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, do you realize Christmas we should make it all about others? Our consolation, that's our encouragement. Our comfort of love, that's consoling friendship. Our fellowship of the Spirit, that is being partners partnership in the Spirit, helping, coming alongside as the Holy Spirit does with us. We do with others and reaching others. Bowels of mercy, it's compassion, forgiveness, and all done like the Lord Jesus Christ with humility. This Christmas, it's all about, for Jesus, it was all about you. For you and me, it ought to be all about Jesus. It ought to be all about those for whom He came and died and gave His life for. We can be like Him. And every day that we allow His love to permeate our being, the more we become like Him. And every man that hath this hope purifieth himself even as he is pure. When the Lord Jesus Christ comes again, we ought to be more like Him. I ought to be more like Him today than I was yesterday. Tomorrow more like Him than today. Until He comes, there ought not to be that much of a change takes place in my life to be like Him. May the Lord help us to make Christmas what it's all about. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Heads bowed and eyes closed. For you this morning, what's Christmas about? For Jesus, it was about you. 
He came for you. Have you received His unspeakable gift? The gift that has been given, which the Lord Jesus Christ gave Himself. He left the Godhead, became sin, your sin, to pay your, for your punishment, the price upon the cross of Calvary. Have you accepted His payment for you? Have you accepted His gift? Three things about a gift. One, it's got to be paid for in full. Yes, He paid for it in full. It doesn't come on the installment plan. He paid for all of your sin. You don't have to keep up the payments and lose it. No, He paid for it all. It must be given. For God so loved the world He gave that whosoever. It's been given. But the third thing about a gift, it must be received. Have you received His unspeakable gift? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? 